Hey, welcome to the Ocean Church Podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope it encourages you and reminds you that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Amen. Amen. Isn't it exciting to see young people serve the Lord jumping into what the Lord has for them here at church? Well, welcome. Um, so glad you guys made it. You came through the stormy weather. Man, it was terrible, wasn't it, this morning? No, it really wasn't. So glad you made it this morning. Would you stand? We're going to be in God's Word this morning. And we've been in a great series, Making Room. I love I love that phrase, making room. Uh, and today we're gonna be talking about making room for God's word in our lives. And we're gonna be in Hebrews 4, verse 12, and it says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Lord, we thank you for your word. Father, I pray that we just don't get knowledge today, that we'd get revelation from you alone. Lord, thank you again. Holy Spirit, speak. We give you this room. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Um, you know, we're already in 24. I think we're in uh, February, which is crazy. Think, uh, time is flying. And uh, you know how when you get notifications from your phone, the memories, you know, maybe from a few months ago, last year, and uh, how quickly we change, how quickly things are going uh, by in our lives. You know, I, I look at my kids, I'm like, man, our ki- my kids are getting so big. And you know, I even look at myself and I said, man, I'm getting so much older. Six months ago, I looked so much younger, you know? And um, uh, things are changing, always changing. And, um, you know, I love to go out to eat. But what I realized in 2023, I went through my finances, we spent way too much money on food and going out to eat. Can I get an amen? And uh, we already started this year uh, not doing well. Uh, I think we ate out three times this week, and so pray for me on that. Um, but, you know, Callie and I, we, we, we tried to uh, get a date night here and there, and we love Mexican food, so even last night we had a great Mexican restaurant. But what do they do when they come uh, with a check? They always say, do you have room for dessert? Do you have room for dessert? Now, when I eat out to eat, I'm always like, are you kidding me? I would never put that poison in my body. Are you kidding me? This is a temple. I do not eat that stuff. But when I get home, I'm going through the cabinets. I'm trying to find something sweet, okay? And even when I eat at home, I'm, I'm constantly finding something sweet. And this, this morning, we're talking about God's word, and Pastor Jim already used the, the scripture, uh, Psalms 119, it says, how sweet your words taste. They are like sweeter than honey. God's word is sweet to our souls. It's sweet to our spirits. But as we look upon his word today, I believe God wants more than having his word just be a dessert in our lives, being something sweet occasionally we have. God's word, he wants us to be the main course in our lives. He says he's the bread of life. And Matthew 4, 4 says, it is written, man should not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. God is the bread of life. He wants us to eat him constantly. He wants us to digest his word constantly. 
and not just have him occasionally in our lives. That's something that we just have every once in a while to sweeten our lips or sweeten our souls, but he wants to say, no, I want you to devour me on a daily basis. What I love about the Apostle Paul, he's always encouraging, he's always bringing us back to what we need to know. He's always taken us back, and in Colossians 3, it's no different. He says, since we are raised in this new life, we have a new life in Christ. Growing up, the church that I grew up in was called New Life Church, and there's a school attached to it, and New Life Academy, and this is where I grew up, at elementary, junior high, and high school, and when we played other teams and other schools, they came up with something very unique and very creative. They called us No Life. No Life, okay. And we were the eagles, and we, they said, we have no life, and we can't fly, we have broken wings. You know, very, very funny. At, back then, I didn't think it was funny at all. I was mad. I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to crush them. I'm going to show you no life. This is what we are before Christ. We had no life, but now we have a new life in Christ. And I'll pick it up in Colossians 3, 8, and it says, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. We have this new life, and now that we're stepping into it, now we're getting to know the Creator. We're getting to know Jesus and who He is. You know, we use words, uh, I think we overuse words a lot in our vocabulary, and I, I'm, I, I'm the first to admit that. I think we use amazing too much. You know, I, I love food. I know there's food, foodies in here that, you know, the hamburger was delicious, and the fries were probably pretty good. But I don't think amazing can fit that. But I wanna let you guys know, the word of God is amazing. It is amazing. I'm not a salesman. I'm not trying to talk this morning and I'm not talking about the outward appearance of this Bible to say, ooh, this leather is very nice in my hands. It's very soft, it's very soft. And the, and the pages, they're like butter when you turn them. And the, the font is, is very nice to the eyes. I'm not talking about the structure of the Bible. I want us to get to know the creator, to get to know the person of Jesus Christ. And this is what he's talking about. He goes, I, I want you to get to know me. And just like as we get to know uh, a friend, I get to know acquaintance, that we have to start at the bottom. We have to start with the foundation. And Jesus is saying, I am the true foundation. I am the true foundation. And that first layer that you start with anything is the most important because that's gonna determine how it goes. That first layer of flooring that you, you lay down is the most important, because if not, it's gonna be crooked. And God is saying, I am the true foundation of your lives. Isaiah 28, since some backstory, the prophet Isaiah is uh, speaking to the uh, Samaria, northern uh, part of Israel, and he's speaking on God's behalf. He's the prophet Isaiah, and he's saying to the people, he goes, I see that how you're living. And, and, and Samaria at the time was a very luscious, very beautiful uh, area. Um, and they were living a lifestyle of the party lifestyle, of self, and indulgence. And, and it's talking about they're getting drunk on wine and they were saying that we, we, don't, we don't have anything to worry about because we're living our lives and we're having fun. And Isaiah is saying, do not get
get trapped in living this lifestyle is like a flower. It's here today and gone tomorrow. But they're saying that we've already made a, a commitment to death and we, death is not gonna touch us. And he's saying, do not build your foundation on this lifestyle. Because if not, it's gonna be in ruins. And we're gonna pick it up in 16 and it says, but the master God has something to say to this. Watch closely, I'm laying a founda- foundation in Zion, a solid granite foundation, squared and true. And this is the meaning of this stone. A trusting life won't topple. He's saying, build your life on the true stone, on the precious stone that's squared and true, which is Jesus Christ. And, the, and Peter, in 1 Peter, gets this, he comes back to this verse in Isaiah, and he says, Jesus Christ is the cornerstone that we can build our lives on. It's the, the stone that it's, it, it's pure and true, and that we can stand on it. And it's the stone that the world rejects, and the stone that the world rejects will make them stumble and fall. But for those who build their life on that foundation, your life will be strong. But with a foundation, the only way the foundation is gonna work and for you to build your life, you have to trust that foundation. See, as you maybe look in to buy a home, you, know, you hire a home inspector to go look at it, and they're looking at the foundation, looking at all the structure, and they're saying, yeah, that, that's, a good, that's a good home to buy. That foundation is, is secure. They have to go look and, and, and see what's going on with that foundation. And that's just what, what Jesus, he goes, I'm the true foundation, but you have to come and get to know me before you can trust me, to put, put your life on me. Because he is the pure stone, true. God's word is revealing his character in his word. He's revealing his character. This is what, what we all want. We all want people that we can uh, do community with that have good character. You know, even with my kids and their friends, they're gonna say, hell, I got, some, I got some new friends at school. And I was like, okay, how's their character? Oh, dad, they're fine, they're good, they're good. They love Jesus, they're Christians, dad, they're Christians. You know, that's what they say. Well, good, let's get to know their character. I wanna get to know their character. This is what Jesus wants. He goes, I want you to get to know my character. Now, in this morning, I could, I could speak for hours just on one aspect of God's character. I'm gonna go qu- through them quickly. But first, God is love. God is love. Romans 5, 8 says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. That's the ultimate love, that he took the place for you and I why we were still sinners. And Christ died for generation after generation after generation that we spit on him, we mocked him, but he loved us so much that he did it anyway. And this is the unconditional love that we talk about, unconditional. God is not talking about, all right, if you do what I say, if you read your Bible every day this week or this month or this year, and you go to church, uh, every, every week, and you do all these things, then I'll love you. No, God is saying, I love you no matter what. Come as you are, right? I love that phrase, come as you are. That's what we say here, come as you are. It doesn't matter where you are, God loves you. He loves you where you're at. In Romans 8, 38, I'm not gonna read it, but it's talking about there's nothing that can separate us from God's love. There's nothing that can separate us 
from who he is and how much he loves us. He loves us so much that he'll reach out in our darkest times and our lowest times and say, I love you. And God loves you so much that he's not, that he loves you in your situation that you're going through right now. He loves you so much that he wants to see you come out of that by putting your life on his foundation. Second, he's good. God is, he's good, he's a good God. And there's no boundaries to his goodness. There's no borders to his goodness. There's no state lines or county lines or country lines to his goodness. He is good. Luke 18, uh, nine talks about the rich, the rich man comes to Jesus and says, hey, good teacher. He goes, calls him good teacher. And God goes, why do you call me good teacher? The only one that's good is God. He goes, what's the, what's the uh, purpose and what's the secret to eternal life? See, God says, I'm good. I'll show you eternal life, but I'm good to you. James 1.17 says, um, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. He's giving good gifts constantly. You know, in uh, business, I see it all the time in, in, in small businesses, they said, no job too big, no job too small. We can do it all, right? And I think in our goodness that we, in our lives, we're always looking for God for the big things in our lives. Oh God, I, I, need, I need your goodness in this, this situation, this financial situation, or I, I need this in this home situation, whatever the big situation is. But you know God works in the little situations? His goodness is everywhere in the micro stuff in our lives. You know, as I'm getting older, I'm totally out of touch with music these days, okay? My kids are saying that I'm old and did we even have music when I was a kid? You know, all those kind of things as, as you kids talk. But my kids are constantly introducing me to some new music. And I just found this a couple of weeks ago, they introduced it to me, and the, the name of the song is called Good Day. And I've been listening to this song every morning for the last two weeks. And it has like kind of a peppy you know, beat to it. It gets you in a good mood. But in the, the lyrics, it's talking about it's gonna be a good day. Why? Because the sun's shining, the birds are chirping, and the creator of the universe knows me by name. If you let that sink in just for a second, the creator of the universe knows you by name. He knows you by name. He's good to you, and he loves you so much. Third, he's holy. God is holy. I'm reminded of the song, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, he is holy. The Hebrew meaning for holy is set apart, without sin. He is above he is so holy. In Matthew uh, 17, verse two, is talking about how Peter and James and John go up to the mountain with Jesus. And, and, Jesus, and it says, as the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed. So his face was uh, shone like the sun and his clothes became white as snow. God is so holy, his glow, his glory is shown. And he is so holy that we are not worthy to be in his presence. That he is set apart from us. That his majestic uh, reverence comes and it, it, it bleeds on us. So that we are unholy, but he is so holy that he comes and makes us holy. Not by what we do, not by striving, but by just being in his presence, he is holy. And God loves us. So God loves, 
He's good to us. And in the times that we feel unworthy and unholy, his presence shones and he is glowing inside of us. So we see the characters. We see character traits of Jesus. As, as you're getting to know him, he's loved, he's good, and he's holy to us. But what does that mean? What does God's word do to us? First, he changes us from the inside. He changes us, us from the inside. We go back to our keynote verse, Hebrews 4:12. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, exposes the innermost thoughts and desires. You know, we live in an external world. We live in a world that the outside means something. That it takes precedence a lot of the times. We can see it in our culture. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, your appearance and, and looking nice and doing all that and making sure that you look good, I'm all about that. As I'm getting older, I'm, I'm going through Callie's drawers and trying to find lotion and creams that lift the face and the skin, you know? So I'm all about that. But our world does put a emphasis on the outside, doesn't it? Years ago, when uh, reality TV really kind of took off, um, you, you see all these shows popping up, but there's one show that I'll never forget, and it was called The Swan. Now, in the show, it was a very extreme uh, for back then. It would take uh, people that were broken, that were, uh, didn't have much confidence in them, and by the world standards, they did not meet, meet up or match up to looking the part. And they would take them, and they would do a total transformation get trainers, uh, people with makeup, and even so far as plastic surgery. And they would go for this months and months of transformation, and at the end of the show, they would come out and they would look completely different on the outside. And they would stand in front of this mirror and they would see the reflection for the first time. And yes, they did change outwardly. But do you know what? Inwardly, they were the same person. Same broken, bruised, individuals on the inside. The outwardly changed, but the inside did not change. And this is what God's word does to us. It changes us from the inside. It is surgery. God wants to do surgery on your heart. But you know what, with surgery, it's painful, isn't it? The cutting, the opening up, that hurts. But what is it doing? It's exposing our innermost sins, poison that's, that's stirring in our hearts and our, our souls. He wants to get the disease out of us. So he wants to do surgery in us to expose those things, to heal us and set us free from those. Uh, Ezekiel 36 says it so well. And this is the message and it says, I'll pour pure water over you and scrub you clean. I'll give you a new heart, put a new spirit in you. I'll remove the stone heart from your body and replace it with the heart that God willed, not self-willed. I'll put my spirit in you and make it possible for you to do what I tell you and live by my commands. He wants to come and he wants to scrub and he wants to clean and he wants to get your life pure before him. He wants to change you from the inside. Second, he wants to change the way you think. He wants to change the way you think. You know, your mind is a crazy thing. 
how God created the brain and how we, we take in information and how we remember information. I see, I think a lot of times in life, we always think uh, when we learn something that's hard, learning is hard. But unlearning, I think is the most difficult. See, we're all, we're all raised with things that we are in our, in our world, in, you know, in our families and how we were raised. But God wants to change the way we think. He wants to change the way we think and look at situations in our lives. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn God's word and God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Change the way you think. You know, left to our own devices, if, I, if I'm thinking the way that I'm thinking and, and, and I'm being influenced by what I'm seeing and, and who I'm hanging out with, I'm gonna go totally opposite of the will of God. Left to my own devices, I am going to get it wrong every time. And God say, hey, let me transform the way you think because then you'll be thinking like my spirit. And the spirit's gonna be leading you to his will. Romans 8, 5, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live accordance with the spirit have their minds set on the spirit desires. The minds governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God and does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. You know, they put governors on engines, you know, uh, with the old golf carts or the engine, you know, the, the gas uh, engines, they would put governors on so you couldn't go very fast. And I think sometimes we can think that the Lord is governing our life in a negative way. See, the governor, it, what it does is restricting the gasoline flow into the engine. But what God wants to do, he wants to govern our, our minds and govern our hearts because he wants to protect us He's not trying to pull us back and to restrict us from our living our lives. He wants to set us free, but he wants to save us from hurt. He wants to live our lives in freedom in this life, not restrict us. And God says, I want to change the way you think. God is good, right? God is good all the time. All the time, God is good, right? God wants to change the way you think about things. And lastly, he wants to change our cadence. Our cadence changes. You know what your cadence is? It's the way that you hold yourself up, right? Runners have a cadence. You know, you look at these uh, Olympic athletes, their cadence is unbelievable. It's like they're so smooth as they, as they run. Uh, in, in college, I had a, my, one of my best friends, uh, my buddy Luke, uh, great guy. He's a pastor up in Baltimore. Um, but we, there was a gym that we worked out in. And of course, being you know, 18, 19 years old, we were always on the prowl for the ladies, right? You know? and, um, and so he found this, uh, this really pretty girl that he uh, wanted to ask out. And um, he came back to the dorm one time and I said, hey, did you ask her out? And she goes, no, we, I was at the gym and I saw her running. And I just, she's so unattractive when she runs. I just, I can't. I'm like, dude, you're so shallow. But anyway, we, you know, we're, we're new people. He's, he, he's good, he's good. Um, but the cadence, our cadence changes when God comes into our lives and when the word of God is changing us. Our cadence is different. 
Romans 8, 10, and Christ lives within you, so even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have made right with God. See, our bodies are decaying, but the Spirit inside of us is lifting, is living, it's, it's in us, it's glowing. And this is what God's word does to our lives. You ever notice somebody that you haven't seen for a while, and now they're walking with Jesus, and the Lord is doing something new in their life, and they look different? That's the, only, that's the Holy Spirit in them. Last week, it just blessed me so much last week. I, I just went home and I was just crying out to the Lord. I said, Lord, you are so good. There's an individual that came up to me after service and they're like, Pascal, do you remember me? And of course, you know, me, no. Uh, you know, my mind is going, you guys. I'm trying my best to remember everybody's names and faces. But she started talking that last time that uh, she talked to me was several years ago at the Estero campus. And she was describing the way that she looked back then. And it, 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 I remembered. And how she looked back then to how she looks now is a 180. She is vibrant. Life is inside of her. The joy on her face. And as she was talking about what the Lord is doing in her life, I was blown away. See, this is what God's word does for us. It brings us life. It gives us life. This is last, you know, two years, just in, you know, me personally, the, the word of God is, is stirring me in a, a way that, I, you know, for a long time I, I couldn't describe. And uh, as I had just been reading it and, and soaking in it, uh, I've noticed that things have started changing in me. The Lord has really been convicting me and saying, Kyle, what kind of husband are you? What kind of husband are you to Callie? Kyle, what kind of father are you to your kids? Are you leading your life example of me? And Kyle, what kind of leader are you at the Cape Campus? Are you making decisions? Are you leading out of your will or my will? See, this, this is the things that are stirring up in me as I'm diving into God's word. And just a couple weeks ago, I got to be at a conference, uh, a small conference, just both eight pastors from around the country and we were just talking about what the Lord's doing and um, just, it, it was an amazing time. And for those who know Tom Lane, he was leading this, uh, this conference, just a man of God. And he's talking about, you know, businesses, organizations, they have mission statements, don't they? We have a mission statement here at, church, at, at Ocean Church, to partner with the work of God in people's lives. That's a great mission statement, to partner with the work of God in people's lives. But Tom, Lane was challenging us. Hey, do you have a mission statement for your family? Do you have a mission statement that you can bring your family back to and point to and say, this is who we are. This is who we are in Christ. So he gave us time in the session to see what the Lord was downloading. And you guys, it came within seconds. Everything that I've been kind of stirring up this last year came in seconds on a paper. And I wanna read you the Strom Family Mission Statement because I want you to get a glimpse of what the Word of God can do for us. I was debating whether to, to even share this. I prayed about it. And I, I, I wanna read it and I'm not saying that I have it together because I don't. This is not about having it together, but this is what the Lord is doing in my life. His word is speaking to me, but it says the Strom family mission statement, for joy to fill our family through God's word, 
worship to him and generosity to others. Number one, God's word will be our guide in everyday decisions. God's word is gonna be the number one that we hang our lives on. And any decision that we make, we're going to scripture. We're going to scripture. We will worship the Lord in every season, whether good or bad. We will live our lives as though we own nothing. Stroms will be managers of the gifts God has given us. And this one, though it's last, I think it's important. Laughter is a must in the Strom household. A family that laughs together stays together. Joy is gonna fill the Strom household. Why? Because we're hanging our lives on God's word. This is, what, this is what the word of God does to our lives. It's changing us from the inside out. And this is what he wants for you. He wants you to get to know him so well that no matter what is happening in your life, you have an anchor, you have a foundation you can stand on and say, oh, the winds may blow and they may come in strong and that wind and that rain is coming sideways, sideways and it's hitting me hard but I'm on the true foundation that I'm standing on God's word and we're gonna be just fine. And we're gonna worship and we're gonna live for Jesus no matter what season that we're in. You know, this morning, I don't wanna just speak and preach a message and have good points to them and say, oh yeah, Pastor Kyle, that was a, that was a really sweet message. But I want this message to be practical in our everyday lives. What does it look like to read God's word on a daily basis. If we're gonna get granular, if we're gonna get practical, it's a place. Pick a place. Maybe if you've never read God's word before, maybe you tried it and it's just not, you're not getting it, but pick a place. It could be anywhere. It could be in your car. It could be in your living room, your garage. It could be in the bathroom. I know there's a lot of reading that goes along in the, the bathroom these days. Anywhere, just pick a place. But with that, don't hold that place so close because you know what? Life is changing. Life changes. For a long time, I read the word as I walked. I would have my, I would say, I'm going for my Jesus walk. I'd walk, I'd read, I'd pray. But that's changed now. Season of life. I, I sit a little bit more now. I think I'm maturing a little bit. A lot of times I'm like a squirrel. I gotta, I gotta keep, you know, go, 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 do this. But pick a place. See, change is gonna happen in life. Change is, is inevitable. But choice, but growth, I'm sorry, but growth is optional. Are you gonna choose to grow? from that place. God wants to get to know you in that place. So just pick a place. And secondly, time. It takes time. Like anything, it takes time to get better at. My son right now, he's really into basketball and he's getting better. But that ball is constantly dribbling in our household and it's driving me crazy sometimes. But he's taking the time to get better dribbling, shooting. God wants your time. He wants to get to know you. And on the flip side, he wants to get, to you, you get to know him as well.
You've, you've heard the phrase, time is money, don't you? Our world says this, time is money. You gotta go, go, go. Every, every second is counting, every, every second is, is a dollar bill. But I think a lot of times in the time and the place, God wants us to sit. And so if, you, if you're like me and your mind is constantly going and it's hard for you to sit in a place and, and then take that time, my encouragement to you is take five to 10 minutes and do not do anything. Just sit. Let your mind wander. Let it go to places. Let, let all the worries, let it think about it. And then ask God, say, God, now it's time. I wanna concentrate on you. And then go from there. It's not about the length of time, but he just wants time. Whether that's five, 10, 15 minutes, just start. Luke 12, 21 is talking about the, the rich fool. And he comes and he says, I have all this wealth. What am I gonna do with it? My barns are overflowing. I'm gonna knock them down. I'm gonna build, build bigger barns. And I'm gonna sit back and I'm gonna relax and watch my wealth. I'm gonna eat, drink, and be married. And Jesus goes, oh, you fool. He says, yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not to have a rich relationship with God. See, God's word comes down to relationship. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to get to know you. If you want a rich life, get to know Jesus. Get in a relationship with Jesus. It's the best decision you're ever gonna make. You're not gonna regret it. He wants a relationship with you. If you would close your eyes this morning. This week, I was praying for you in this moment right now that God desires a relationship with every single soul on earth. He loves you, he cares for you. What is the Lord speaking to your heart right now in this moment? What is he saying to you? Lord, right now, I pray for boldness. Lord, I know you're stirring people's hearts right now. And Lord, I know some want to make a decision this morning. But Lord, right now, I give them boldness to make that decision while your eyes are still closed. If you're saying, you know, Pastor Kyle, I, I've never had a relationship with Jesus and something's happening in my heart and I want that. If that's you, I'm gonna ask something very bold of you right now. Cause you know, in life, there's a lot of people that are bold for the wrong reasons. They do, they have boldness to do crazy things. But in this moment, I'm asking you to be bold. If you desire a relationship with Jesus, at the count of three, I want you to stand up. I know that's bold, but I want you to stand up. If that's you, one, two, three. If that's you, just stand up. Amen, 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 amen. Lord, right now, I pray for my brothers and sisters that are standing. Lord, meet them in this, this decision. 
if you would still just keep standing. If the Lord is stirring your heart and say, you know what? I, I need to start reading God's word. I want that in my life. I long for that in my life. Would you be so bold and stand? Say, this is what I wanna do. I wanna put God's word first in my life. If that's you, would you stand? Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you. If you all would stand this morning, and can we just give it up for the people that just accepted Jesus this morning? For those who made a decision, I want you to repeat what I say, and I want everybody in this room to repeat it, and we'll do it as a family. Say, dear Jesus, I love you. Come in my life. Come over in my heart. Cleanse me from the inside. I believe you died on the cross and rose again. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Well, thanks again for listening. If you'd like more information or if you'd like to connect with us, visit oceanchurch.com. We love you and hope you join us soon online or at one of our campuses located in Southwest Florida. 